1: I can't go on. Hi folks, I'm Alan Walton. This is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 24th of October 2011. For newcomers, help yourself to the audios which are available for free downloads at cuttingthroughthematrix.com and hopefully by the time you're finished, if you're still saying that is, you can understand that the big system that runs the world. Things don't happen by chance on any large scale in the world. Everything's planned years ahead, whether it's war or anything else. Nothing is simply spontaneous. So I show you the big foundations, organizations, the think tanks that all work together to basically produce a form of parallel government that they tell governments what to do. They say advise them, but they actually tell them what to do. And when you understand that politicians themselves are basically lawyers, and uh, various other kind of devious characters who go in to get more power, they depend on these think tanks to advise them and, and tell them what to do, so they do it, and of course, you find that that 's the the parallel government that um, some top politicians who've left the uh, position, have joined. And they, they speak about it openly. Maggie Thatcher did it too. She said she belonged to the parallel government that exists, consisting of ex-politicians, uh, high-ranking politicians in the heads of uh, countries, and high-level bureaucrats who have been at it for years, behind the scenes, shaping the world and getting it ready for the future. So I show you how it's all done, and um, and I show you too where they, how they started off, uh, who started them off. Uh, what their agenda is. It's going to go for an awful long time. And uh, mixed with science and eugenics and, again, population control, all of this stuff, it's all bound together into what's happening today in your lifetime and what's to come, what you have to live through in the future. It's all planned ahead. So help yourself to those audios. And you can also get transcripts for download on any of the sites that I have listed on the comm site. Uh, in English. And if you want transcripts in other languages, go into EU and help yourself from the variety offered there. Remember two, you bring me to you. Your donors bring me to you. I don't bring on advertisers as, as guests. I don't take uh, cash uh, to bring them on, uh, which would certainly help. I can guarantee that. But so it's up to you to keep me going. So you can buy the disc books and so on that I have cutting through the and how to do it from the US, you can use a personal check or an international postal money order from the post office, some send cash, and you can also use PayPal to order. And or ordnates using the donation button. It's all how to do it. It's explained quite simply at cutting through the metrics.com. across the world, Western Union, MoneyGram, and once again PayPal. So straight donations are awfully, awfully welcome. Because we're going through inflation, as we all know, to bring austerity to everyone, a post consumer society. has been prowling about for years we're bringing in. And uh, they used the banking crisis, which they created themselves, of course, to to make it happen and to train everyone that eventually all your spending cash, your extra spending cash will go to fees and energy just to heat your home, etc., etc., etc. That is the world as planned. Uh, and they call it austerity as the rich get richer and more of the poor uh, become part of the big masses, really, because they're joining them all the time from the middle classes as they get demolished as well. Very old agenda, as I say. You have to read the books uh, put out by the Council on Foreign Relations, especially. And uh, even though that's for the outer circle, as they or by the outer circle, as they say themselves, they have an inner circle, the ones that sit and do the long-term strategical planning for the whole planet and, and the world order, as you like to call it. That they're actually bringing in. You're living through. Tremendous changes, and most folk think it's all happening because things just go wrong in the finances, etc., but nothing is further from the truth. We're, we're led by the nose every step of the way as they bring in their very old plan. Remember Karl Marx talked about the trading blocks, free trade, and uh, three big trading blocks, including the United Americas. Begin with Europe. You've seen it, you've lived through that. Now it's the Americas and the Far Eastern countries and Africa too. Back after this. (music) Hi, folks, I'm back cutting through the matrix and as I say, nothing happens in this world on any large scale that isn't planned that way. And When you follow the, the histories of the planet, if, especially the organizations, as I say, that run this world, and you've got to understand, too, that big business uh, corporations have been really involved in geopolitics from the beginning, not the governments. Governments came later uh, in that area, in fact. In fact, they took their geopoliticians from big business, big corporations that already existed And when you go into the history of countries like Britain that built uh, empires using the taxpayers' money, of course, to put down uh, railroads and bring in troops and clear the lands and grab the resources for the private corporations, you start to understand that why and how these corporations got involved in political or geopolitical strategy, as they call it, as they competed with other rising empires to grab the resources of the world. And then along came Cecil Rhodes and Lord Rothschilds, and they found an organization together. They founded it to take take over the resources of the world. They saw the time would come when someone would have to own all of the resources of the world. That meant everything that you would need personally to live by. That's water, food, that's everything, all energy, etc. And then they joined the Milner Group, the Lord Alfred Milner uh, Group, uh, very, very wealthy bankers, and uh, their, their sons also took it over from the, these bankers, heavily involved, and they created wars. They talked about creating wars across the world and uh, grabbing uh, countries from other people's uh, empires, other empires, in other words. They started off, and, and it's in their own records that they, they, they began the Boer War by blaming the Boers after they themselves had sent a team in to to attack the Boers. Once the Boers retaliated, they went crying to the, the, Her Majesty the, the Queen and uh, sent it in the troops, and that's how they took over South Africa. So they've been at this for a long time. And at the same time, too, towards the end of the end of the 19th century, they were uh, pushing and lobbying for years uh, before the 20th century for. A war, a massive war with Germany, as I saw it as their main competitor for for resources and for empire. So these guys were at it for an awful long time. And they split up their the sections, their special sections, into left-wing and to right-wing to manage both sides of all conflicts using uh, the dialectical process because they believe that change for change will always get a reaction for those who want radical change. You get those who don't want uh, the change, and they'll react to it. And out of the two of them, you'll steer them into the, the, a synthesis, basically, which is exactly what you wanted in the first place. So that's what we'll live through today, too. It's a perfected technique. And, as I say, you to understand the history of this organization. Uh, that, does, that did, uh, years ago, set out to create a World Bank, which they've got, and uh, the Bank of International Settlements would be the boss over the whole planet eventually, using the International Monetary Fund. This is all private bankers who all belong to this organization. In fact, this organization created these groups of bankers to do this very, very function. And it's so amazing to have read this stuff and so many other uh, parallel books to do with it by members of the groups uh, that you understand what's happening today as you take over everything and that's why you've got such puerile and infantile propaganda uh, that rammed down your throats incessantly to do with the reasons for wars. Uh, and then they're all knocked down afterwards. It doesn't matter to the general populace if they're explained afterwards it was all lies, why we invaded this country or that country. Uh, what sticks in their head is the initial propaganda line. People can't believe, ordinary folk can't believe that the major newscasters will straight-facedly tell them blatant, utter lies, because they're prostitutes, basically. A newscaster's got nothing to do with the truth, remember. In fact, the news has nothing to do with the truth. I mentioned before that famous case where um, one of the big news companies, they give little um, contracts out to teams of journalists and one, one team got it, and they went in to look at a particular corporation, it was Monsanto, I believe, and uh, they did a documentary special on it, it was to air, and then the company pulled it off at the last minute. They wouldn't allow it to be aired, and so the journalists sued them because they had a contract to air what they wanted to, to air, and it came out in court, the high court too, that uh, the company could do what it wanted, obviously, but it said that uh, the news has nothing to do with truth. And therefore, the drug, you know, so, so it doesn't really matter uh, if you take people to court thinking there's justice in the world. You're not going to get it because you don't understand what law is. And law has got nothing to do with what you think it is. And neither has the news. It's a propaganda machine. And that's really why it exists. It, it exists to serve the establishment. And today we've seen even seen uh, counter propaganda uh, come out. Uh, from other countries, especially those who are under attack or or about to be under attack by this combined military force that's gone rampaging from, uh, through the world uh, from uh, the Bush's regime when they had the new American century and by the neocons and now it's the neolibs who are finishing off the same agenda. And it is the same agenda and by the way the same people who advise Bush are all behind the scenes obi- obi- uh, advising Obama too. So nothing changes as Jefferson Said when you're under tyranny, you'll see the same agenda continue uh, between changes in the House, meaning the parties. And that's what you're going through today. Most folk don't want to believe it, uh, uh, the general public that is. They want to believe this. the status news that they're given all the time, and they don't want to listen to silly conspiracy theories. It doesn't matter who you pull out of the hat to prove it to them, or, or what books you give them, written by the people themselves who are involved in it, they don't want to know and that's a choice, remember strange thing that it's actually a choice not to know uh, you, you're upset they're, they're a little comfortable world they're formed around their frightened little selves and they want to believe the establishment is on the up and up and awfully nice regardless of the facts that they could, they could hear even in their local community every day if they turn on uh, the regular news because police uh, have changed everything's changed and everyone's hounding the average citizen for more and more cash including your local authorities and that's what the police are used for now. It's just collecting more and more cash to put into the kitty. And they actually get told that too. Uh, quotas of tickets to hand out or you would get promoted, etc. So this is an old, old scam that's going on. But you're living through the greatest changes as the world is going through upheaval, not just uh, with foreign wars all over the place. Of, or wars of conquest, by the way, to grab the resources for private corporations uh, that you're all paying for, by the way. And But it's also a war at home as well. It's a war on the, the entire civilization of humanity across the whole planet. That's what it is, truly. And we see that, too, in the West, uh, in the countries who are not supposed to be being attacked by anybody. Um, we, we see it coming down from on high by our own governments as they ran through legislation after legislation in a socialistic fashion, uh, mainly to do with, with uh, fr- fr- taking care of children from cradle to grave, by the state, that is, where they want to be involved in every stage of the child's proper development. I mean proper, I mean the authorized development. Is, it, is this child PC? Does any strange ideas, does every voice odd things that can't be proven or is against the mainstream media, uh, that kind of stuff. That's what they're talking about, because, you see, science is the key in this new era, uh, of this new religion. Science is the key, and science, now you can't argue with it. It doesn't matter uh, even when scientists are fighting with each other over the, the statistics they, they get from special computers to do with global warming. It doesn't matter. The agenda goes forth regardless of, of facts or data, as we should well know, and we're all living through that. Now, as I said, too, all these global meetings I've had since, since even before Kyoto uh, and even up to the, the, the first Earth Summit that they had, again, private corporations and foundations came forth on behalf of all of us, even the ones we didn't know, which is about 99% of us, to lay out the plan for the future and sustainability in a post-industrial, post-consumerist society. And now you're hearing about the effects of it. As you told, you tighten your belts, you're seeing the prices get go shooting up for basic stuff, even the stuff they call food today, which is a, a travesty of, of, of uh, description, actually. And uh, everything has gone up in, in price uh, astronomically, and that's part of the austerity measures. At the same time, you see more multimillionaires emerging uh, than ever before, and more poor folk, or more well, it's, it's ranks are swelling as the middle class go down the tubes. You've also seen bankers plunder uh, uh, through mayhem, and get off with it, and actually awarded uh, lots of... The bankers lost nothing, you understand. The big banks, they knew what they were doing. They knew what they were doing, even with the housing market, as they they got into a new line, which was selling mortgages and inflating them, and saying, oh, they're wonderful, and a tin shack would be worth millions eventually if you kept passing up the line and lying about it. They knew what they were doing, and then your own government rewarded them, because, you see, the bankers can put politicians into power and get them out, you see. That's why they're rewarded. And uh, by your by your money, by your cash. Perpetual servitude, perpetual slavery is the norm now. Because, you see, your governments went to the private moneylenders, the ones who lend to nations, and who buy all the bonds as well. And... Um, and put you down as collateral, and your children, and your children's children. Just like the Old Testament, because slavery is uh, in the Old Testament. It's okay by this God, apparently. And uh, it, it, the, the offspring of a slave belongs to the, to the basically the debt holder. So nothing changes, isn't it, for thousands of years. It's just we think we're progressing, which means somehow we're getting brighter or smarter, or some strange word like that. But we're not. We're not at all. And in fact, we're getting stupider. And, and dumber all the time. The average person today doesn't grow up. But the people in their 40s and 50s and 60s are watching the same drivel on television to do with sex, sex, sex and, and, and youngsters where you get someone dressed up as a doctor at the age of 20, pretending, you know, in some drama or soap or something. And they fall for all this and they try to copy the fashions. Because, you see, we're perpetual teenagers now. They don't want you maturing into something that can think without uh, distractions. So you're distracted all the time, and my God, it's worked awfully well. Back with more after this break. Hey folks, I'm back cutting through the matrix. And you know, I've talked too about all, a lot of different people who've been involved in global meetings to do with this big agenda, this world agenda, this new world order, the making of all things anew from scratch, basically, taking the material that's available, that's all of us, and reshaping it all, the science, in other words. And Charles Galton Darwin was one of the big players amongst many others who loved to write about what they were doing towards this. The big goal that they had. And he talked about using, uh, the need to use, he said, the need to, to sterilize the public one way or another, but also to make males more effeminate by tinkering with their hormones, he said. And he wrote that in a book called The Next Million Years. Uh, so you, you gotta, you gotta read that book. And he was lauded by all the major press at the time and by governmental members. Uh, uh, with, with this book, and uh, if you get original copy, you'll get the, you know, how they have the paper edition around the hard cover. There's this sort this, this of loose leafling thing over the hard cover, and you'll see all the accolades he got from the top uh, of, of the news uh, branches and academia for wanting to depopulate without the public knowing it, and basically tampering uh, with your own hormone production and, and other ways too to get hormones into you, like the female hormones into the male. And um, it would also alter the females if they used it in water or food, which he actually suggested. Although they could also vaccinate you and use a form of biochemical warfare that would tinker again with your, with your hormones for life. And we see that today even with the cancers that break out, which are hormone-related in both male and female. They just skyrocketed, of course. All from the, about the 50s onwards. And... One of these chemicals, too, that's in the water, it's in the food, it's in your containers for food. They even put it into baby food, by the way. Uh, and um, they call it melamine, which uh, is a plastic stuff. they use in plastics. And the companies that make melamine managed to convince uh, the FDA that because this, pro- this looks awful like a protein under the microscope, these molecules are in an arrangement, so, of course, with lots of cash and bribery, they managed to classify it as a protein so they put their waste products of the plastic into baby's food for bulk, to add bulk to it. Which is cheaper, of course, for everybody all around. But anyway, uh, everyone gets this stuff in one way or another. And then they made the fad to drink all oh, pure water out of plastic bottles. And, and for about 20 years, you didn't see any yuppie without a plastic water bottle in their hand. like a, like a baby's bottle they'd carry everywhere. And... Um, Because they make everything trendy. They actually have think tanks sit down in marketing to find ways of making that just so. How can we make every idiot walk around with a plastic bottle everywhere they go? So they make it trendy. They give it snob appeal. That's what they call it. Anyway, there's an article here, and I've mentioned this for years Uh, and given lots of links to this particular one of these chemical compounds. It says, A common chemical use in products ranging from baby bottles to CD cases could be causing girls as young as three to become hyperactive and aggressive. Well, that's exactly what uh, they found out when um, um, Charles Galton Darwin was talking about using a BPA amongst other uh, compounds, and he said uh, that it might make females more aggressive and males more more effeminate and quiet. So, this is a study by leading U.S. scientists who found that expose those exposed to high levels of bisphenol A in the womb are more likely to suffer from behavioural problems. BPA, which is used to harden plastics, can be found in the lining of tins and bottles and the ends of knives and forks. Now, they don't—they didn't used to even put it inside tins. I don't know why they do. It's even inside beer cans, but if you want to get, hit the males with it, that's a good place to put it. It's known as a gender-bending chemical, as previous studies have shown it can interfere with the way hormones are processed. Some scientists think that even relatively low doses can interfere with her behaviour, bodily functions and fertility. While some research has suggested that BPA is perfectly safe, other experiments have linked it to breast cancer, liver damage, obesity and diabetes. Campaigners have called for a Europe-wide ban and say the most recent findings are yet another nail in the coffin for BPA. The new research saw a team at the Harvard University School of Public Health compare levels, of the chemical in 244 pregnant women. Each one provided three urine samples during pregnancy and another at birth, which were all tested for BPA. When the children reached the age of one, uh, the scientists measured the levels of BPA and did so again over the next two years. Once the children turned three, their mothers all filed or filled in a survey about their behavior. The researchers found that girls were more likely to be hyperactive, aggressive, anxious and depressed and unable to control themselves if their mothers had record, recorded levels or higher levels of BPA during pregnancy. Now, the studies published in the Journal for Pediatrics and, and found no such link amongst boys. It says the scientists think that girls' hormones may make them more sensitive to BPA. It makes the guys actually more f- feminine. They say doctors should advise uh, worried women to reduce their exposure to the chemical during pregnancy by cutting back on tinned and packaged foods. John, uh, or Joe Braun, our research fellow at university said none of the children had clinically abnormal behavior, but some had more behavioral problems than others. Thus we examined the relationship between the mothers' and children's BPE concentrations and different behaviors. And then it goes into gestational, etc., etc., etc. There's a whole bunch of, of other uh, estrogen mimickers, they call it, uh, involved in the stuff that you take in from processed foods uh, every day pretty well and there's a whole range of them I've gone through and done talks on them before that if you go into my archives section you might find quite a few and um, and links as well to, to uh, where you can find out more about some. but it's just astonishing because they planned to do this as I say, at least in the 1950s and probably before uh, since uh, Galton Darwin obviously got permission to, to publish his p- particular book back with more after this break
0: Listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth.
1: Hi, folks. We're back, cutting through the matrix. Another article too is to do with the downgrading as we go into austerity. It's the big plan for the world. And it's about the, U- the U.S., of course. It says the, U- the U.S. will likely suffer the loss of its triple A c- uh, credit. I thought it already had, actually, from the last one. From another uh, major rating agency by the end of this year, due to concerns over the Deficit Bank of America, Merrill Lynch forecast. They got bailed out, too, didn't they? Maybe it's a blackmail thing for more cash. Who knows? The trigger would be a likely failure by Congress to agree on a credible long-term plan to cut the U.S. deficit the bank said in a research note published on Friday, that all ties in with, with politics too, of course, because the, Obama's group want to slash uh, a, a lot of different programs, social programs. So it gives them credence to see if you can get the banks to jump in and threaten, oh, hard times if you don't. So everything works together. I'm sure it's, they've got the CFR pals writing this too. and a so second downgrade either from Moody's or Fitch would follow Standard & Poor's. Standard & Poor's awfully good at taking the Standard population and making them awfully poor. Downgrade in August on concerns about the government's budget deficit and rising debt burden. A second loss of the country's top credit rating would be an additional blow to the sluggish U.S. economy. Merrill said, and the credit rating agencies have strongly suggested that further rating cuts are likely if Congress does not come up with a credible long-run plan to cut the deficit. Now, the only way they're going to slash it is just on the population because they've got, still got wars to fight. They're just talking about taking on Syria next because that's the, that's on the list too that was made back in the 90s, and they've got uh, Iran after that too, and North Korea, and, and a few other smaller countries left to take out, so um, they have to slash it home obviously. Just hence we can expect at least one credit downgrade in late November or December when the super committee crashes, he added. So uh, this wonderful news they're giving us out to, to, to believe in, of course. If you can afford wars, believe you me, and if you can hand over oil fields to private corporations who don't put a penny back into the country, uh, then, you know, of course you're not going to get any, any more wealth coming out of this. But nothing changes. That's how the middle, the upper middle classes became the super rich in Britain for a hundred years were invading countries using the taxpayer, using uh, the taxpayer's military, uh, building railroads, as I say, across places like Africa and India, uh, all for the big corporations of their day to plunder everything for free and, and have the, the, the British troops guard them and protect them and so on. Nothing changes, you know. Nothing changes. In this particular system. Now, we've all talked too about Monsanto. That ties in again with the the, the different uh, estrogen mimickers, uh, and, and of course, uh, we have endocrine disruptors as well from chemicals which are sprayed all over your crops, for instance, and that further attacks that your, your hormone levels and can, can alter them, can make sperm almost disappear, actually. And it can also uh, give you monstrosities in the sperm. You can get two-headed sperm and different things like that. So, but they can't find their way to their targets, so that's why, of course, it ties in beautifully with population reduction. Uh, if you can't breed then you, you simply reduce your population. These are all things, as I say, uh, that you go back into the books like The Next Million Years, by Charles Galton Darwin, and you'll find that's what they kind of wanted. And remember, too, a lot of these chemicals uh, were known to be mimickers or, or disruptors back in the late 1800s. So it's not like they, they're just finding out now what they do. Biotech group bids to recruit high-profile uh, GM ambassadors. That's not the motor company. That's actually or the grand masters for the lodge. That's actually your, your genetically modified crops, etc. Because the agenda has, has must-be's, and certain things uh, are written in stone, basically. are ain't going to be changed. And, of course, everyone across the world must be on their GM food, which alters you, uh, alters you, I should say. Uh, so leaked documents claim Sir Bob Geldof, Kofi Annan, Lord Patton have shown interest in Europa Bios, a private bio company, outreach program. It means a marketing program. It says... Um, uh, it says Europe's largest and most influential biotech industry group, whose members include Monsanto, Bayer, and, and GM companies, is recruiting high profile ambassadors and celebrities to lobby European leaders on GM policy. So they're paid prostitutes to get paid for it, right? It says leaked documents from the PR company working for Brussels based uh, U- Europe uh, Bayer uh, claim to have had interest from Bob Geldof. He's been involved in the wonderful charities, these things that, that rake in billions, apparently, and give a few million to the target, if they're lucky. The Chancellor of Oxford University and BBC Trust Chairman Lord Patton. This is former Irish EU Commissioner and Attorney General David Byrne, and potentially the involvement of a former UN Secretary General of Kofi Annan and pro-GM science writer Mark Linnes. It's just amazing, you know. Most folk read things in the commentaries, uh, in the media and magazines by these characters, and they truly believe that they're experts in something. No, they're just front men who are paid to 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 push the uh, whatever they're told to push. Whatever it is they're told to push is just wonderful, and they get paid big bucks to do it. I've told people before, you know, you, you the mind has no firewall, and you have to be your own guardian at the gate there to decide what comes in. Uh, and what you'd tough out as well. So, it 's or terror more ambassadors will not be paid directly, but the lobbyists have offered to write research and place articles in their names, arrange interviews and speaking engagements with the Financial Times and other international media, and secure for them what could be lucrative speaking slots at major conferences. That's when you walk in and you're given something to, to read for 40 minutes and you're given an awful lot of cash. And that gets thrown a lot of tax laws and things as well. It says, in addition, Europe, Europa BIOS will introduced them to the highest level European bureaucrats and MEPs, members of European parliaments, in order for them to make the case for GM within the EU institutions. You understand, to get anywhere in this world, it takes cash and power to get anywhere. That's how it is today. So several people named in the documents denied all knowledge of Europa Bio. A spokesman for Anand said, "Mr. Anand is not an ambassador for Europa Bio, and has no intention of promoting the use of GMOs." Geldof told The Guardian, "I have no recollection of having any knowledge of Europa Bio, and I have no recollection of ever being asked to be an ambassador for GM, subject to all the known and unusual caveats." etc, etc, etc. So the trick is to ensure that this technological advance is not simply a business opportunity but a human a h- a human one to the benefit of the world's rapidly increasing population. So they turn an agenda around into helping hum- humanity, you see. It's to help humanity, even though the crops don't even yield as much as the old crops did. Uh, if one thing comes along, because the crops are all standardized, one some kind comes along, the whole crop's wiped out. The old stuff was a mixture of, of various different uh, strains and something would survive. And it doesn't stop weeds either, by the way. Uh, there's more c- chemicals used on the bio crops than any other type of crop. And they'll create, um, create mutations in the insects, which are now resistant to so many different uh, common pesticides. A spokesman at the BBC said Lord Patton was approached uh, about the Europa bio outreach program, he made it absolutely clear that given his position as chairman of the BBC Trust, he could have nothing to do with it, it would have been wholly inappropriate. It's quite amazing, that, because see the head of the BBC and a whole bunch of them are, are now getting massive grants uh, from the European Parliament as well, as, by the way, the CIA <laughs> uh, for the BBC, the British Broadcasting Corporation, which is run by the government, is getting grants from uh, the, the, the European Parliament and the CIA, because I read that six months ago or so, how they've come up a partnership with the CIA for propaganda purposes. There's nothing you can read now that's honest. There's simply nothing out there that's honest. You can't do it. And remember, too, they don't come out and tell you, oh, this may or may not be true. They simply, they always make it, marketers try to make everything sound absolutely true. So you would never suspect it. Now there's a caller on the line who's been hanging on there, and I'll see if I can. I think it's Dana from New York.
0: Yeah. yeah. It- Hi, Alan. Uh, I appreciate you taking my call. Uh, I want to, uh, you know, thank you for um, being instrumental in uh, really raising my awareness in so many ways. Uh, I have a, a, an observation that I would uh, like if you could just uh, shed some light on. Uh, in regard to <laughs> Information that is uh, disclosed in the protocols, and not to discuss the protocols, because obviously this is a very controversial document, but nevertheless, very similar information was also um, brought to the public's attention 1864 by Maurice Jolie and the Dialogues from Hell. And there's certain things in there that, you know, now the, the world situation, you see this blueprint, you know, that is being unfolded. And, uh, you know i'm I, I, I go through these documents and I read this, and you know in in a certain way, in a convoluted way, um, you almost have to agree with their tenets of what they're presenting, and for instance, you know and it's just certain things strike me about this, and uh, for instance, they discussed the fact that uh, that uh liberty and freedom was really. Really brought about and presented to the general public by, by them in this blueprint as another way, a means of controlling. They, they put an example out that I just, this is what I really would like you to share some insight on. They put a, an example out that if anyone were forced with an outside enemy or an internal enemy, wouldn't, you know, would you yourself not stop at anything to defeat that enemy? Because, obviously, they're, they're pre- they're the premise of the entire thing is might is right, that there's morally no right or wrong, that, any, that evil done in the name of ultimate good is justified. So they also state that, left to our own devices, we wouldn't have to rule ourselves. And if you look back in history forever, as far as the history that we can determine with our own research, and there's always been a ruler.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's always been rulers.
0: Always been ruled.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: And uh, you know, so my, I guess my 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 you know my question is this: there's, there, there, as much as it's as ugly as it is, as crazy as this world is, and when you see the the filth that's being perpetrated on the human being at this point, it's sad. But nevertheless, it's almost as if it's. I believe. I mean, that is the way. It has to be
1: in a way well what what it is what, what it is you see you 've got to understand that the whole idea of this thing called civilization is at the core of this, because older tribes, even tribes much later that were conquered by the civilized countries, as you say, were uh, the, 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 the civilized countries are materialistic they 're based on cash money, and they don 't barter. it 's all cash transactions. In fact, you take away the ability of people to survive by themselves uh, so that they don't go and plant food anymore. Uh, they, they, st- and they don't barter. They must have money to pay rents and things like that. And that ensures, of course, um, uh, that you've got an accounting agency that works for a government. And so, in other words, civilization has government. It has a moneyed system. It has a bureaucratic system. But it has a leisure class. And that's really the whole thing to do with what they're calling civilization. Uh, you can only have a leisure class, uh, the, the the time to study, without having to go out and scrape and be terrified, what will I eat today, will I not eat today, like everyone else. And that's really why the, the word school from the Greek is from from the word which actually means leisure. That's school, you see? So only, only an educated class had a leisure class. And they, in other words, they owned the slaves. Slavery, by the way, is part of this te- this uh, system called civilization. Always been slavery and civilization and money, uh, where money rules. And then you have armies, because with money, you can hire an army and you can pay them well. Uh, during, even during depressions, you can ensure the army, I mean, Stalin said this, Lenin said it too, make sure the police and the army and the teachers are well paid. It doesn't matter how the rest of the folk live, because you need those people to keep everyone else in line. The teachers are, are essential for brainwashing the next generation. So th- th- nothing ever changes during the system of civilization. And you always get to a stage where they want to depopulate, you see. They always want to depopulate at a certain stage. And we have this r- lovely fictionalized version of a Europe, for instance, um, where you had your lord and your local lords. and BBC's great for churning out these, these kind of soapish type uh, history dramas. But in reality, uh, the, the lords in Britain and across Europe would have depopulation every so often. They would take more off the peasants than, they used, than they'd have to to, to to starve a certain number to death. And, and that was standard po- uh, population control uh, right down through many, many centuries. Today, with our so-called enlightenments and our our caring in the the social spheres for other people, uh, the the, the elites, especially through the 20th century, got awfully upset about the the obviousness that that people would start to get a better standard of living, better health, that they could eat proper food, and so that they find ways to destroy proper food for the ordinary folk and make sure they'd have all their inoculations uh, to, to, again, bring down the populations. Your key here... As, as the same techniques are used all down through history, all down through history in a moneyed system, uh, a, a class system. It can't be any other way, by the way. Even in a so-called fake uh, classless system like Marxism or communism, uh, there was a massive upper class inside the Soviet Union. And it was, it was intergenerational hereditary. You passed it on to their sons and daughters. And so, uh, in other words, it's just another, it's the same system under different guise. So, however, you reward a person with houses, uh, um, free houses, servants, or whatever, or free travel, a better standard of living, or just give them the cash, doesn't make any difference. They must be a leisure class. Yeah.
0: Well, as far as you know, then there, there has never really been a free society. I mean, the United. Oh, there, States there
1: have been free societies where you had you had tribes. Tribes, a tribe was the closest thing to a free society, which was self-sustainable and didn't use cash, didn't use money of any kind. That's as, that's as close as we can get it, actually. Yeah.
0: So at any point then, the, most, the best, in a sense, we could really ever hope for is that we really at some point get a benevolent ruler.
1: And uh, I, I know what you mean. That's what the big boys keep talking about—how they're going to give us a benevolent ruler or, or a, a benevolent dictator. Again, that's a dream going back thousands of years, to, to even when the Greeks occupied Egypt, they talked about the Fisher King and, and creating ben, benevolent dictators who would act like Solomon, basically. Yeah.
0: So now let, I'll get home, and I certainly—I I just love your information. I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. Cyrus the Great. Was that the culmination of, of one stage of the great work in that he has been viewed as such a benevolent ruler as uh, that he was? I mean, he did some things that were really out of the norm at that point in history. Um, do you, can, can you shed any light on that? I'm, I'm just curious as to uh, what you might be able to share about that point in history and Cyrus the Great.
1: Uh, well, every one of the greats, and here's the thing about them too. Whenever you get someone called the great, you, you're actually looking at a brotherhood system. You understand, they always use the word great when they're describing one of their own uh, that they revere down through history, whereas Alexander the Great or whoever, you see, is one of their own. And you'll always find that, the, find that these people belonged to uh, the highest secretive societies, even in their day. And that's why they're still called the great today. Now, many of them did introduce uh, policies which seem, as far as we're told, we don't know if it's true or not, would benefit their own peoples um, but we really really don't know propaganda was even more controlled back then than it is today but uh, i'll be back with in a minute with uh, more after this break So I'm back cutting through the matrix just to, to finish up there. But anyone called the Great generally, when they went through the world conquering and slaughtering, under the pretext of bringing civilization, that's a great thing to say. We brought them civilization. What is civilization? It's a new form of slavery, new taskmaster, slave master, whatever. Always remember that. Same with Alexander the Great too. His their jobs are always to bring the world into a world system of domination. By those who are more enlightened, <laughs> I'd like to say. Now, there's Cara from Philly on the line, too. Is Cara there.
0: Yes, hi there, Alan. Hello. I'm, I'm wondering, I really appreciate so much what you've done, as I'm sure most of your listeners do. I'm wondering, in, in, following along in the last talker, what, what can we learn from indigenous societies? Do, do they not have much to teach us about how to get out of this mess, uh, the virtues that they did have? Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, The problem, really, uh, with indigenous societies is is that, uh, it's like Darwin said, and this is an ancient understanding uh, about those, again, who have gone through, from generations, from thousands of years conquering worlds or creating bigger bigger empires towards a global empire. The systems, really, of ordinary folk have no need for higher weaponry, so they're they're a pushover for the so-called advanced societies. They can't stand up to them. And uh, they're not prepared for them at all. They generally can hunt and and do the basic things to keep alive for themselves, but the, but they're not in it to that. But but the thing is, I mean, I've I've, I've watched some documentaries of some protected islands um, uh, uh, outside Australia and other places too. some in the Pacific there where the people have been basically uh, sustainable, self-sustainable, completely independent for thousands of years. Very peaceful people. Um they don't annoy him bit. Einstein, but they don't have to. I mean, what's Einstein got to do with the fact that you can survive while Einstein couldn't uh, on your own, for instance? Um, They've got a lot to teach us, absolutely. But in a moneyed system, those in power are never going to give it up because there's more than just money behind this this system. Uh, this system, is, is a, it is a brotherhood. It truly is a brotherhood, this, this monetary system. You have to join certain organizations to get up into it and to be allowed Even if you're very good at what you do, even the best at what you do, you'd be allowed to come up higher. They don't let anybody up until you join these organizations, and then you must swear allegiance to them. You find these brotherhoods in ancient Rome. Uh, Cyrus, of course, we mentioned previously, was a member too. Uh, So was Alexander the Great. He was was, uh, taught by Aristotle to take over as much of the world as possible. Uh, uh, the system is domination by the few, the, the few of the ones they call intelligentsia or the wise men, they call themselves, uh, there's many names for them, uh, all down through history to the present time. And uh, they do have their world agenda. They do have their elitist clubs, like the Council on Foreign Relations. Uh, most journalists, almost all of them have to be a member of the CFR, and you can't join it. You have to be asked to come in, and even then you're tested throughout your career to see if you've got loose lips or you'll at the cat out the bag or get any qualms about it, um, so uh, we're under a very rigid system of control uh, that 's the problem it isn 't that we couldn 't uh, live uh, very simply, easily and uh, fairly worry free it'd be quite nice to get up in the morning, being a hunter gatherer and uh, working for a maximum of four hours per day. You know that 's all they have to work to survive and and having no high blood pressure, they don 't have high blood pressure. No sugar, diabetes, uh, totally self-sufficient, and um, stress-free. We're not allowed that. This system here is uh, pretty, pretty evil, to be honest with you, where educated people can sit around tables and discuss the demise of millions or who we're going to slaughter next and what propaganda we'll give give to the public for doing so. It's a nasty system, to be honest with you. Thanks for calling. From Hamish Massel, Ontario, Canada, it's good night to me, your God or your gods go with you. Remember, buy the books and donate too. And hopefully, I can hang out a bit longer.